Before we get started, we want to take this moment to thank and praise all the safety crews and personnel at Daytona International Speedway, as well as the doctors, nurses, and staff at Halifax Medical Center who helped rescue and treat the rocket man, Ryan Newman. We found out earlier that he is awake and speaking, which is great news. Uh, we still don't know the extent of his injuries, and he's been in our thoughts since last night and still is as we record this show. We hope and pray for a full and speedy recovery. Welcome, race fans! Welcome to another episode of Debris in Turn 3. My name is Dan, a.k.a. High, Wide, and Handsome. And with me is my loquacious co-host, Matt, a.k.a. Mythos Motorsports. Yeah, thanks, Dan. I suppose I could be a bit garrulous at times, especially on our first episode when I was a bit amped up and ready to talk about all the off-season stuff. Yeah, you're only going to find that kind of vocabulary at Debris in Turn 3. Mm-hmm. Um... So as always, uh, make sure to follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Debris in Turn 3. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you podcast and please rate and review us. Uh, there's still time to join the Debris in Turn 3 Fantasy League hosted by Fantrax. Uh, just go to debrisintern3.com and follow the link on our homepage. League ID is Debris in Turn 3. All one word. Entry list is open. Yep. And we have quite the show for you today after a wild finish in the Daytona 500. Yeah, it was a wild finish. So, you know, we started a little subdued. And the thing is, we're excited to hang out, talk racing, talk to Daytona 500. So it's really unfortunate that it ended the way it did. It was a fun race to watch. And we are just very grateful to hear all the good news coming from Daytona Beach about Ryan Newman. And we're going to be thinking about him throughout this show. And we just want to move forward with our program because we know you guys are going to tune in soon and be listening. To, and we might not be just picking up the program uh, right away after the wreck, if wherever you just decide to download this episode. So right. we do want to give you a little talk on the race and also a little just insight to what you and I were doing on Daytona. Yeah, we don't want that. I mean, obviously, that was, it was a terrible thing that happened, but we don't want that to overshadow the fact that this was the Daytona it's, 500. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation because it sort of does overshadow it. Because you're constantly worried about the safety of the drivers. You know, I, I'm guilty of it as much as anybody, right, right? When people are talking about what's going to happen in the race, and you know, you know I hope uh, he ends up in the fence or something, and people, oh, you, you don't want not him to get hurt. That's crazy. No, of course not. Listen, right. if a guy has some mechanical problems, spins out, backs it into the fence, you know, breaks some suspension, his day is over. You know, now we'll, we'll, that's okay. But, you know, seeing what happened to, you know, one of the, biggest the best professionals in the sport it, it kind of puts a little you know cloud over the whole thing but we I are, mean, we'll get into some of the safety right. talk we're gonna, like we'll, later we're gonna get show. a little more uh, into that a little, yeah. a little later and but, everyone's been hearing so much talk about uh all just 
all the Ryan Newman stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I made it back to Brooklyn today. What is up with this city, man? It smells like pee. <laughs> it's the greatest city in the world, though. I'm happy to be back, but we, I was upstate for the 500, drove mm-hmm. down late last night to the island and came back to my apartment via the Long Island Railroad. Mm. And I've taken this train into the city before after dropping my girlfriend off, uh, or she was dropping me off on her <laughs> way to work. Uh, and it's, it's, it's usually a pretty nice train, rather quiet, but man, oh man, it's the week off that the kids have from school and it was packed with children yeah. and I'm just kind of bummed out because I was coming in to hang out with you, do the show. Ryan Newman's on our mind. I'm trying to look up stuff about the show. I'm not so enthusiastic at this point. Kids are screaming. I get off the train. All I smell is pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that makes me think, how's your commute now? Cause you just changed it up a bit, right? Yeah. I was driving to work and now I'm working in the city again. So I'm on that F train. Uh, down to the Lower East Side. And uh, yes, I can confirm that the subway system and the MTA does smell of pee-pee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, just getting a little ahead, i got to ask, because you're on your new job, did yeah. anybody catch you watching the Daytona 500 on Monday? Uh, no, actually, because I was the only one in the office that showed up to do work on Monday. Everyone else was like, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to work from home today. But I was the new guy. So I'm like, I got to right. go to the office. Dedicated new employee. Yeah. All right. So no worries about having the 500 on that other computer screen during yep. the race. I was also just wondering, because I saw you watching at the race, and I would just imagine the, the eyes, like, what is this guy watching? Who did we hire? Luckily, I'm kind of tucked away in a corner. No one can see my screens. So... That's good. But uh, on the weekend when we were all amped up, because it was unfortunate that it rained out Sunday, but man, yeah. man, what a downpour. Well, what did you do on Sunday? Because I know we sort of had plans originally, but I, I changed them by taking a, an opportunity to go upstate. Yeah. Get, and uh, yeah. So I was home on Sunday, you know, just ran some errands before the race was supposed to start, got home in time. Oh, you did mention to me you were going to Trader Joe's yes. in downtown Brooklyn. And I was like, He's never making that race. <laughs> no. We drove up there, so luckily I got a spot. And You were just said you were driving up there, and immediately in my mind, I was like, where did he park? <laughs> I found a spot, the same spot that I parked in last time I drove there, actually. So luckily, like, to get the same That's pretty spot incredible. on the street. Um, but yeah, you know, Trader Joe's, as always, in Brooklyn or in the city anywhere, is mobbed. Um, Absolutely but, mobbed, like that one on 14th Street. <laughs> yeah, but I made sure we got in and out as quick as possible. <laughs> <laughs> came home made my nachos i was like i was pumped ready for this race and then you know they're doing the parade laps they're like oh there's some rain drizzling on the windshield yeah so i was, I was like, getting right. nervous i was like put my nachos back in on warm <laughs> i was like i want to sit here and eat my nachos when this race starts yeah i was so psyched up we were pumped up i got got upstate and had our ryan priest gear on we uh, had the beer in the koozies, uh, had a, a nice 12-pack, and we started, we had some barbecue ribs and chicken wings, and it was Daytona Day, man. It was yeah. awesome. Uh, I was in a good mood. It was f- so much fun. Uh, and then, yeah, rained out. So yeah. had a lot of extra time to play iRacing, because that was part of the plan going up there. My buddy, yeah. he's got 
a really rad setup with the virtual reality. But man, I gotta tell you, as awesome as it is, I think I would go with that triple monitor setup or maybe even that 4K curved yeah. setup because, well, after my girlfriend went to bed like <laughs> later at night, at the, like, she just laid on the couch, chilling with the dogs, hanging out with me while I played the games and uh, we were watching episodes of Letterkenny. This <laughs> <laughs> so so funny. But it got really late. It was that really late she goes to sleep and I'm in this VR world. We're up at this lakeside house in the mountains, upstate New York. I'm like all of a sudden just thinking like Jason Voorhees is standing right beside me. <laughs> and I'm almost in the fence like because <laughs> I'm getting scared. The hair is standing on the back of my neck, <laughs> freaking myself out. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, though. Have you ever seen that show, Letter Kenny? I know. You keep telling me about Dude. it, and um, I'm going to get around to we watching watched it. We watch all of well, You sent a much- clip. Uh, last like late last night to try and get everyone laughing on the wave arounders uh, text thread. Real simple one. Yeah, I watched it on the when I was on the platform this morning. I was watching. That's what I love it. about that show It's just they just talking about the simplest things. Tell you what, man, makes me want to go hick. The city <laughs> smells like pee. I was up there in the mountains. My girlfriend lives just a hop, skip, and a jump from Riverhead Raceway. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, listen, I was like, you, this is, you, the conversation is changing. I might want to get out of this city and there ain't no way to get me more on board than we'll go to the racetrack every Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Did you see that it was 19 years ago today that we lost Dale Earnhardt Sr. in the 2001 500? I did see that on social media today, yep. Strangely, that was the last time that our president, Donald Trump, was at the racetrack. Yeah. That was a strange coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he said that on TV, I was like, uh. And Jamie Little mentioned, said that 2001. And I mean, every race fan, Daytona 2001, you can't help but immediately just think of that. And then at the end of the race, I was just saying, this is unbelievable yeah. if we find ourselves in a similar situation again. Uh, it would just be absolutely crazy. And I don't know. I, I, I'm really like I'm bizarre happenings with the YouTube. The lack of Sunday footage on YouTube. Yeah. I don't like the day 2500 just is all of Monday and I lost all my pre-race stuff. And we had a bit of a discussion in, in the text about pre-race. Some of the ah, like, why do we have the pre-race? Well, I think we saw why there's such pomp and circumstance before every race because when these guys strap in you never know when it could be their last chance to you know do it and they deserve all of the attention and the the blessing and the invocation it's always been one of my favorite parts the reverend hal marchman (laughs) ken squire bringing it down there uh just it's important part of the race and yeah yeah. I mean, I, uh, it's definitely, it's been part of the history of NASCAR. They've always done this in the pre-race stuff. It's really not my like cup of tea kind of thing. Like most of the time, if I'm watching a, a race, um, after, you know, on DVR or whatever, I kind of just like skip over that stuff anyway, even with like the national anthem, like, uh, I, yeah, I, I turn the national anthem up nice and loud on <laughs> Sundays. That's to me when I will usually leave the regular speakers on during the pre-race stuff, catch stuff, maybe some tunes playing mm-hmm. while I'm hanging out, try to finish up my chorn before like, the race and so I can sit down. But once 
they start the national anthem or usually the invocation right before the national anthem. That's when I turn on the speakers, crank it up. Get yeah, I my... definitely watch it when it's on live. But if I'm watching at a later time, I just like skip over that stuff. Do you stand I... and take your hat off at your home during? No, the national I don't. Anthem? I that's something that I do not do alone in my apartment. But I love listening to the national anthem, and I love listening to how it's done, who does it, what racetrack we go to, who they get to do it, whether it's a marching band from the local high school, a pop star, or just someone singing. And it's the same thing with the prayer. I like having the invocation coming from somebody local at the racetrack, the touring series going around. It's part of like what I really love about nascar it's not necessarily a zero something like a lot of our politics mm-hmm. have devolved into let's say where it's all one or all the other everyone is in the grandstands together whether you like or hate kyle bush you're still sitting next to their fans and we all go home after the checkered flag flies and when we see something so unfortunate like the rocket man get injured the whole community comes together and hoping and praying for the best. We're going to get more into that. We'll also get into a little bit of the league meltdown we had on Sunday morning that had to try to sort out a little mistake in the settings. And man, I thought we had it just kind of fixed to keep it listed. We went back and forth. There was, but so sorry to the, the, the deeper three and turn three owners that we were a little mix up there. And a big thank you to Rubbins racing, who got it all sorted out for us. And I brought the six points with me this time. Why don't you bring us into the winner's circle? This week's winner's circle in the NASCAR Cup Series, the big show, the Daytona 500. Denny Hamlin got his second win, second year in a row, and has won three out of the last five Daytona 500s. I called it last week. I said Denny Hamlin, he was looking strong, he was confident, and... It had been a while since we had a back-to-back 500 winner. I just felt like it was coming. On Saturday in the Xfinity Series, Noah Gregson got the win. Uh, caution came out because of a wreck on the backstretch. They went, they were in overtime, so Noah Gregson gets that win. Yeah, I was really pulling for Harrison Burton there at the end. Happy congratulations to Noah Gregson, but uh, was pulling for Harrison Burton at the end and Timmy Hill in third. Wow. In the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series, man, that is a mouthful. Uh, Grant Enfinger gets the win. Uh, That was a wild finish, too. Uh, Rubbing doors with Jordan Anderson, and he was able to hold him off uh, coming to the stripe. The Truck Series, year after year, man, they put on a great show. And I was pulling for Tyler Ankrum in that Leuna Union Strong concert car, uh, or truck, rather. (laughs) And he was doing really well up front for most of the race and then got caught up in the late wreck and ended up finishing 27. Two photo finishes at Daytona within the trucks and yeah, the Cup Series. Yeah, so that's exciting. It is exciting. And in the World Series of Asphalt Racing, Tour Type Modifieds, Matt Hirschman wins the World Series. Want to talk about photo finishes? Some incredible side-by-side racing between Hirschman and Nisella, who really put himself on the map this week, and Craig Lutz second place in the standings from Long Island, and he had a feature win also. In the super late models, Derek Griffith wins the World Series. I don't watch late model racing like I watch modified racing, but heck, that was exciting. 12 points separating first and third. 
in the pro late models, Jamie Skinner gets the World Series. Even point. closer in this series, two points between Jamie Skinner and Connor Mosak in second, and Jet Nolan four points behind in third. Just uh, it's crazy. It was it was exciting racing all week. And in the Florida Modifieds, Travis Eddy wins the World Series. Yeah, he kind of ran away with that one, dominating. Congratulations to all other feature winners at New Smyrna Speedway and Volusia Park. The short track aspect of Speed Weeks 2020, I think, was a hit. Great crowds, great car counts, and I think a lot of that is in large part to the streaming yeah, the NBC, yeah. the track pass. Yeah, that's that was key. So glad you subscribed to that <laughs> uh, I, I had to I was not going to miss the racing this year and a big thank you to Connor Sullivan who last week I was like I know that 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 voice I've heard it before uh, and everyone else who called the races and brought every nine nights of racing in a row all right so let's get to the fantasy what happened this week yes uh, in the debris and turn three fantasy league at fantrax.com on the podium and in first place Enemy Driver with 240 points. He is a rookie in the DIT3 League. In fact, all three of the podium finishers were new to the league. Busters in second place with 227 points. That's Busters. Busters. And in third place. Don't forget that name. You, you won't forget Busters. In third place, we had Team Trump 2020 with 209 points. Congratulations. But I thought we were supposed to be dividing uh, sports and politics when well fat man sports what do you, do you think he was running uh, in fourth place with 207 and team bns two other new players finished and rounded out the top five so uh into the waiver rounders which is debris and turn three champions league juju b's racing the 2019 di3 champion he was our winner at the 500 and he picked busher and austin dylan it gave him 62 points I made a major snafu and scoring error this afternoon. Gave yourself the win? I did give myself the win. Yes, when I added Brennan Poole to my Rick Ware racing team. But that was that was a mistake. We kind of changed it up a little bit this yeah. season. I know that you corrected. don't quite get it. I, yeah. Yet yeah. We'll, we'll go into it more. We'll go into it more on this show as it goes on. Uh, we'll it'll all go yeah. in my head. Okay. We'll never know. But you did finish in second place. I did. That was yeah. you used your MVP pick with Dylan, and you had LaJoy with his strong run. Yeah, and I went from first to third. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, other some quick notables in the DIT three league. We had Waver Rounder, FKC Racing, and myself, Mythos Motorsports. We rounded out the top ten, ninth and tenth, respectively. Bristol Bill, who had a strong season last year, he was in P13. The 2018 champion, White Fag Lap, he finished P15 out of gas, who made a strong push at the end of last season. He finished 19th. And Pops got a top 20 with Team Alabama Gang. Nice. So good run there. And right behind him, mid pack for the high, wide, and handsome. Oh, I'm expecting a little more from the co host of the Debris and Turn 3. I know. I game. was in first place at one point. And you then, were? Uh, yep. And then the big one came and it just ruined everything. Yeah, it ruined the race for a lot of people. <laughs> one of them also at our champion last year, GGB Racing, 28th, and Rubbins Racing, who gave us a huge, huge help to get the season going. He finished 29th. Uh, other tough days for Bad 67 Racing was a new owner last year, had a good season, and veteran debris in turn three owner, Team Vegas bound, P41. Ooh, that was rough. a little rough. 
And then rounding out the grid were some newcomers. Poor Richard with a poor finish and Mojo, who had no mojo. And Dick Trickle finished 35th. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get into the race discussion. We're going to start off on Monday where the race actually started. Yeah, those first 20 laps almost kind of feel like they didn't even exist because the race started back up and we were right in the middle of pit stops. The fuel window had opened for stage one. and I don't know if it had really opened or I think they were just running under caution because of the red flag. So they didn't just start the race. You know, they started under caution. So well, like, I be... guess guys took that ad- advantage to pit then. They did. They took they took the advantage to pit. And now, see, now you got me questioning even myself, which, you know, we got to just, event, again, point this out. We have a lot of new listeners that <laughs> we don't have an intern here picking up stats or you're going to find a lot of opinion on here. You're going to hear a lot of passionate things from the fans. Uh, we're not NASCAR journalists. We host a fantasy league and yeah. we like to bring this league and chat to you guys and Dan and I, like we said last week, we like to talk to racing and we like to talk about what happened in the cup race. And man, oh man, the 500, I thought was the 450. Just... <laughs> hey, have you ever been to a Pepsi, uh, a Pepsi 201? No, I did. <laughs> I've been to a Coca-Cola 40 something. You know? <laughs> I didn't quite make it to 600 miles. We should go on Twitter and ask for everyone to just tell us what all the range shortened races that they've been to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have, uh, just real quick, I have in the board game, Thunder Rally, which is like that's yeah, right, like yeah, a regular board game. Yeah. Yeah. I was really upset game. that I forgot to bring it with me. Oh, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a card. There's two cards in the game in the events, and it's called rain. Yeah. And if you get like another one, it rains out the game. <laughs> and we're always like, but do we have to? Like, do we have to do what the card says? Can we just yeah. keep playing? <laughs> uh, so yeah, the race started back up. I'm right in the middle of the pit stops, and there was a little confusion right away because they had called Keselowski for a penalty, but it wasn't actually Keselowski for too many men over the wall. It was. Corey LaJoy. Didn't Jimmy Johnson also have too many men over the wall? Because he was like on that, the entrance. Oh, to the, Jimmy the... Johnson had too many men over the wall. It yeah. was Corey LaJoy for going through too many pit boxes. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Johnson got caught with that. Because they took... were at the end of yeah. where the wall, yeah. where the wall took ends. that spot over yeah, there. Yeah. And like, just like if your guy leans over and puts his hand over there, mm-hmm. if you just try to get the angle and you put your foot yeah. over the line... I just want to. Lie. Yeah. I wish we had like a little soundboard. I want to put that big Lebowski like sound clip in over the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. So he got he got called on that one, and then we're going back to green, and it looks like we're gonna have a, a a start with a guy that shouldn't be in the beginning, and it was very confusing. And it's not like we were getting any sort of answers from pit lane because every time you went to Vince Welch, it sounded like he had the coronavirus. <laughs> the, the guy didn't have an understudy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he works really hard, and yeah. And I'm not knocking Vince yeah. Welch or any of the pit road. Was it Chuck who was crew? like, is they Skeletor reporting from pit road or something? Like that. Somebody did say something like that. He, he sounded horse, had laryngitis. Yeah. And man, oh man. Uh, but he hung in there. He's a trooper. Yeah. He, he, he was a gutsy performance down on pit lane. 
when I looked your first email to me about the race, and like mm-hmm. you said, well, you were like at work. You you didn't think too much of the first couple of stages. No, because I feel like it was because of the race being postponed, and you know maybe they would have done this anyway if the race had started on Sunday, but because it's five hundred miles, and you know you want to save your car and everything, um, but they pretty much got single file pretty quick. There was two separate packs. Um, you know, the Fords were uh, up front with some of the Chevys and then uh, Kyle Busch and the uh, all the Toyotas, they were in the back on some crazy uh, strategy yeah. that they had. And not much really happened in that first stage. Well, we saw a lot of strategy playing out and we started seeing these tactics now. Mm. Now it's not, it's, it's their strategy. It's become strategic and tactical yeah. with the team aspect. Strategery. There's a lot of strategy at play here. And the Kyle Busch, he was on the radio. They were playing it safe, running in the back. And now what they did was they made a stop right before the end of stage one. And they did. They got themselves out front in stage two. Start talking about that. They were kind of in control in the very beginning. But he was on the radio trying to get his teammates to pedal it with him and not fall and lose the pack too much because they wanted to make that stop without losing the lap. And love him or hate him, that's what I like about Kyle Busch. Like, that guy is involved during the race, in the car, asking questions, wants to know what's happening. And I took a lot of heat on Twitter. I was pulling for Daniel Suarez big time. And although he did get caught up in a little bit of a miscommunication and a mess from the Penske Fords trying to pit... What was he looking at? I know we're kind of going back in time a little bit. you're talking about the duels. You're talking about the duels. Yeah. But I was pulling for Daniel Suarez, and he's a wave-arounder. I mean, he has fantasy implications in our league, and he was unavailable to to be used because he missed that race. And I feel like, although it was an unfortunate racing deal, Mm -hmm. a little more communication on his part, and knowing who pit and who didn't, maybe he would have been in the 500 on Monday. Maybe. Uh, But Chase Elliott? Got the stage one win, so he gets the playoff point. He gets the playoff point, and poor William Byron got sent spinning yep. into the backstretch. Ricky Stenhouse Ooh, strikes again. Struck, man, man, oh man, he is aggressive with the pushing. It, it's it's like not a Daytona 500 unless somebody goes spinning towards the inside, towards Lake Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> and then back in the day, you used to maybe end up in the lake. Right. Didn't like somebody used to drive with a life preser- preserver also? <laughs> did they? I, I, so I think somebody did. Uh. Yeah. So, yeah, Chase Elliott wins stage two. And then in stage, uh, st- pardon stage me, one. stage one. Uh, in stage two, it sort of started off the same way the racing when, when it came back in the afternoon on Monday. Within about 10 laps, they were a single file again. Yeah. But here's the thing, Dan. I watched a lot of speed weeks in Daytona 500s in this past month. Mm. I saw a lot of single file racing all through the years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's 500 miles. You want to save your stuff. I mean, we saw Clint Boyer. He dropped to the back as soon as the race started. He wanted nothing to do with what was going to happen up front. And it got him to the front eventually at, at the end of the race. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, that single file racing is kind of, but it wasn't it single to. file like we saw in person in 2013. No, it seemed to me that once the green flag came back out, started racing again, ended up single file for a few laps, saw what they had, saw were comfortable with how your car was running, and then they made moves. And I, I was pleased with the level of competition and excitement during the first couple of stages i thought these guys were 
mixing it up, trying to stay out front. And we literally sat through the boringest Daytona 500 ever in 2013. And yeah. this thing kind of blew that one away. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because like, even when they were coming down the backstretch, they would do go to that um, camera angle where it's uh, like straight on. You would see the guys like dodging and like making those blocks. Yeah, and it was getting dicey. The sun was starting setting. The handling was starting to go away. They're driving so fast. 200 miles an hour, to, and this was, was funny to me. All I could think about was it reminded me a lot of Star Wars. Yeah, I could see that. What? Yeah, do you, do you get what I'm picking up? Like I, what like I mean? The that? trench run? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I felt like somebody's somebody's Luke Skywalker, Walker, Red Five, worrying about you know getting his proton torpedoes into the exhaust shaft, yeah. and then somebody else is playing the part of Biggs. It's usually like Eric Jones or uh, whoever's right. Cole Custer, whoever's the lowest Taking on care the team. Of the towers. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you worry about the fighters. I'll worry about the tower. You know? <laughs> Something kind of like that. Uh, so it, it was, and in stage two was where we had the first big fantasy move. Yeah, in our uh, our pick'em lowest finish game you and I have going on, uh, Quinn Hauf was came back from commercial and I was hot on that yeah. one. <laughs> My girlfriend Katie, she's like, "What are you so heated about?" She's like, "Did you pick him?" I'm yeah. like, "No, Dan did, and he crashed. That's good, right?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> I was like, "He just got one point for him. That means he's gonna win." <laughs> so then the rest of the race, I was kind of calling for Martin Truex crash. Yeah, or just... but it really wouldn't have helped you anyway because I already won nah, you're gonna win for the day which means that i'm buying the beers next week but you know it's a it's a season long it's a point stretch there yeah and speaking of points man denny hamlin now has already six playoff points wow for he won stage two that's you know that says a lot for winning a stage and also winning the race at a super speedway you know you kind of expected sometimes in a mile and a half and but at the other uh, supers with how things can change so much, he had a dominating car. He led 79 laps, which was pretty strong. So then stage three, this All is right. where I thought yeah. things really, I mean, from the the moment they dropped the green flag for stage three, it was the craziest the race had been. I mean, they still had 90 laps or something to go. and they 75 were laps 75 laps, right. And they were racing like there was like five was laps tight. to go. It was very tight. And at that point, I was about ready to, call up Fox and be like, can somebody get Vince Welch a cup of tea, a blanket, and let him go sit down someplace? Yeah. <laughs> I was very concerned. Yeah. All race. I'm like, we need this guy. We're going to the West Coast next week. We yeah. need him strong. <laughs> He's got four days to rest. <laughs> oh, dang, you, you, you're, you're, you're tough. Four days and back on your feet. I yeah. tell you what, I couldn't. I, I was getting a little tired of the the pit sequence thing with the commercials yeah though towards the end of the race because there was i felt like there was just a lot of pitting and they're going back and forth i felt like the commercial things were a little strong and i was getting a little tired of this jeff gordon chief's jersey interviewing clinton uh, bloyer it's i felt like it was the lamest yeah. bet ever <laughs> yeah. just like listening to these two guys oh you're gonna wear my team's jersey if you lose. it's like you guys couldn't think of a better bet. I know. It's like something I was doing like in sixth grade. If the Islanders beat the Rangers or the Rangers beat something like yeah. that, Rangers, I beat the Islanders. Oh, my goodness. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it was getting close. 19 laps ago, Kyle Busch jumps out of the pack, and he ends up retiring with engine trouble. Another Daytona 500 come and gone that he does not win. No, but he was able to miss the big one, and that was key. 
because that came two laps later. Yep. So you're right. That is key because a lot of these guys now, because this is just the one, this one started to breed all the other ones, but now he kind of saves his 500 car. Yep. And that brings us to the Blind Boy Award. <laughs> idiot. You idiot. You're an idiot. You idiot. For Daytona 500 goes to Logano. Oh, man. Second week in a row. I mean, I've he. all right. We talked about this earlier. He said to his spotter to let them know how much room he has uh, in between the cars when he's pushing. He had a huge run pushing on um, Almarola. So Almar he's pushing yeah. Almarola and just Almarola bumps into the back of Keselowski like the slightest little bit and causes the big one. Now, here's the thing. I have a couple of friends that I've been trying to get watching NASCAR. They like motor racing, all other forms. Watch the 500. Watch both of them layman in rate and they both were like what was logano doing <laughs> like just he ran them over and here's the thing i respect joey logano as a super speedway race car driver i respect him as a potential champ <sighs> excuse me take that back <laughs> he is a champ he is a champion race car driver and he had a gutsy playoff performance so congratulations joey logano you're a veteran on the racetrack, and we expect a little more from you than just running over two guys like that. Yeah. I'm not down with the bump drafting thing, and I just thought that was case in point of why bump drafting sucks. Yeah. He's no Ross Chastain, though. <laughs> Listen, it got hot yeah. in our chat today <laughs> because we were going back and forth. I was, I'm, 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 listen, make no bones about it. I am wearing my Ryan Police, oh, excuse me, my Ryan Police <laughs> lip gloss. Yeah. When I, because it's been a long time since I've had a favorite race car driver in the field. Okay. I pull for a lot of guys. I'm, I get, I'm happy to see lots of race car drivers do well, but I have a favorite race car driver in there now. And I was on my feet and he had a heady race. He was strategic and getting himself up to the front and he knows how to do it. And they he, kept saying he has the highest average finish on yeah. the speedways. He plays it safe. Speedways, yeah. He plays it safe, knows how to draft, knows how to be fast. And Ross Chastain was not making that corner. No, no it way. It looked like NASCAR Heat 4. Now, I'm not giving him the Blind Boy Award because he is a young driver. Mm -hmm. He's only been in the series for a few years. This is his. He has one Daytona win in the Xfinity series. Yep. So you think, oh, maybe he has, you know, he's he got that have, experience. But, all, but and he doesn't have a lot of starts, and so he's going for it. And so I give him the break on the going for it. However, he took out my favorite driver and a lot of other good cars and dashed Daytona dreams of a lot of really good cars. Yeah, because if you look at the cars that finished. It was all the back markers, basically. There was there was not a lot of uh, big name, uh, big name drivers, which we see a lot at these types of races. You got to be there at the end, and you got to play your cards right, and you have to survive it. Yeah. Once we wonder if the if stage points are even worth it at at those tracks. But I mean, if you look at Hamlin, he came out strong with yeah. the stage. They wrecked win. again on the restart. Again, oh, spinning gosh. tires. Yeah, like, very like reminiscent the of the clash. Uh, the, that that wrecking the clash, yeah. and that ended. Well, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was that ended all that chit chat about 
interviewing Clint Boyer in a Chiefs jersey, so <laughs> yeah. I wasn't too upset with that one. Yeah. But yeah, Chompers Chastain. I've ne- I've never heard the. This is your nickname. I'm for I Chastain. needed to find a. I, I needed to find a like Gallagher. Come on, the dude like bashes watermelons. Oh, like like mini Mike Bloomberg, you know, like <laughs> Chompers Chastain. Okay. I need something. The alliteration. I need something like that. Yeah, that all, right. all like works together. All right. And, dude, he was never making that corner. There's a, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of lovers out there for the watermelon man, and I'm not gonna. I just, right, I just, let's just stick to the tractor man. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so basically that kind of finishes out the race. There was the last wreck um, going into turn one um, and NASCAR decided to let them race to the finish, which then, uh, you know, we, we obviously know what happened. Yeah, that's... There. See, in the Xfinity series, uh, in that race, they, well, they, first of all, they were wrecking on the, on the backstretch. So that's a lot different. Um, Is it though? It, to me, I feel like it's more you have less that... time to... At least uh, if they're wrecking into turn one, there's time for those guys to get out of the way. Whereas if you're wrecking on the backstretch, uh, you know, you're still going to be coming around at full speed. It might not be. No, I feel like that's the opposite. I feel like if you're wrecking into turn one, you have less distance between the checker flag at the start finish line and the wreck rather than being maybe two miles away towards the end of the back straightaway. But it's not so much about where the wreck is. It's about what kind of wreck just happened. Right. Are the cars still moving? Are they stuck on the racetrack? Are they stuck out of the groove and off the race course? Is it, are there more cars that need to pass through the wreck? It's not so cut and dry as a wreck happened and it happened over here. Why didn't they throw the yellow flag like they did the last time. I think there's a lot of quick decision-making that needs to go on in race control, looking at, is it safe to deploy the safety vehicles? Is it safe for any other cars to pass through this wreck under the green flag? And will these will the field now come around and wreck again? Now, that's the thing. It's not so much about coming around and now letting off the gas towards the area of a wreck. My other concern is that we've seen a lot of wrecks coming to the finish line like we did again last night. In this particular case, it was just Ryan Newman. Mm-hmm. It was a, hor- a horrific wreck. But we have also seen the field go spinning through the start-finish line right. and into uh, the, all that pavement down around turn one. Yeah. So even if you crash and you're off the race course over there, what happens the day that someone is off the race course and then they come around and spin and he's on straps sitting in a car and they come spinning around and hit a stopped car? I think that's some of the things that NASCAR is worried about. Well, I was like jumping out of my seat at like those last few seconds when Blaney was trying to make that move and I was hoping he was going to get the win there and then it just didn't I, happen. I was pulling for... I like Ryan Blaney. I like Ryan Newman. I think he's a great competitor. And everyone knows he has a reputation as being the hardest guy to pass on the racetrack. He already has a Daytona 500 win. It would have been magical to see him get another one. He he blocked Blaney twice. Yeah. Blaney sort of went through him. And I'm not making 
any sort of judgments about that type of decision making because that is up to the driver behind the wheel of the car of how far they want to go. I just don't think when you get on camera after the race and say that you had accepted and were resigned to finishing second place that why were you all over the, the, the bumper? And again, I think it's kind of how, I mean, Newman was involved in that Talladega wreck uh, where Keselowski won, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's in that one. Yeah. Again, the second time now he's on the back stretch of Talladega getting hit by another car. Yeah, that at Talladega, he went into the fence. He went flipping at the trioval of Daytona in the 500 right. several years ago. Right. Also. Yeah. So, I mean, we know his history of speedway races and getting upside down. I mean, that's kind of like a, that a thing. That had yeah. shades of Jeff Bodine in that truck, truck yeah. race. That And it was getting hit the second time. Yeah. Which I don't know if I've ever seen a race car get hit like that. At airborne that, like that yeah yeah uh, in that particular location like right on the driver's mm -hmm. door window area yeah. i said i'm i'm praying for ryan newman that yeah. he recovers from i mean whatever injuries like he you may could have see the, car, the entire car buckle and yes. half almost it was yes insane. it All was right. very scary this is a good spot uh to kind of get yeah, to our next segment here uh, so some of the topics that come to mind because of this race are start times. The race was yeah. starting at 3.30 on Sunday. A little late. And then obviously 4 o'clock on Monday because they wanted to get their primetime shows in. Yeah, I got to go. jump right in here because when you and I went to the race in 2013, we flew out late Monday night from Daytona Airport. So what, are we supposed to book flights for Tuesday morning now? <laughs> Because we 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 booked flights expecting, hey, just in case yeah. it rains, we catch the race on Monday. Worst case scenario, well, well best case scenario, it doesn't rain. And right. we just have lunch and hang out around Daytona Beach in the afternoon. And we go home at night. Right. And then we go to work on Tuesday morning. So what? Now I got to tell my boss, my foreman's going to flip. <laughs> are, are, is there still that uniform start time that NASCAR was trying to do a couple of years ago? Like, we, I mean, obviously a 3.30 start on Sunday gives enough time to get those West Coast viewers. And I'm sure that they want those numbers to kind of boost their ratings and everything. But I mean, a one o'clock start on, I mean, it's too early for the West Coast. So what are you going to do? I was listening to Boomer and Geo, yeah. WFAN here in New York, and they were talking about even the NFL has noticed their viewership declining in the one o'clock slot. Right. That's why there's a lot of talk. There's also talk about flexing the Sunday games mm. and things like that. Uh, they already flexing Sunday but, night games. Right. Yeah. Because they, I mean, typically their one o'clock games are the East Coast and the West Coast games are four o'clock. Not always, but. Typically, typically try typically. to do something like you might have a game live on the East coast with a, a West coast team. Yeah. And listen, as far as I, from what I know and my friends that live out on the West coast of California, dude, they love the early football starts. There's like, there's no one, you know, in your ear telling, Hey honey, can you get outside and like you're getting up and you're like, let's do football brunch today. Yeah. And I, even if you're going to a Jets or a Giants game, at MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock, you're going to be there at like 6 a.m. anyway. So. <laughs> exactly. And you'll be there until 6 a.m. the next day trying to get out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this 
Daytona 500 was the, I think it was the longest Daytona 500, 209 laps, uh, 522.5 miles. I know Kyle Petty hates the overtime and thinks the, the races should un- end under caution if need be. Should we get rid of overtime? Well, we went 30 miles of the 500 miles, biggest race of the year, right. under caution for stage breaks alone. Right. And about that amount of laps, and actually it's not the amount, of, actually uh, close to mileage, right? Because they did f- close to 50 miles about on Sunday. About 14 laps of caution for stages. Yeah. So, I mean, we obviously know how we feel about stages and that they should get rid of them, but I don't know. Is it time for overtime to get eliminated too? Because also that would eliminate these crazy wrecks that we're seeing, like Austin Dillon. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets a the, little dicey and, and bonkers at the end of the race, especially when there's less cars on the track, a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving. And... <laughs> And we're back. Yeah, cat tree. Not a great place to <laughs> put some empty beer cans. <laughs> uh, I was getting at this. I don't. We can make racing safer, but they're not gonna make it safe or completely risk free. Right. So there's nothing that NASCAR could do to make these races safer. I mean, there's already been so many improvements to the car with the cot and uh, all the improvements they've made since then do they need to just get rid of that giant spoiler and the splitter on these cars i don't know if that is the answer because i'll be at least saw that this the giant spoiler gave a big hole that let the cars able to suck up and gain some distance in the draft which is good so now pull out of the draft and try to make a pass. It's hard. You need still need help. Although we did hear some drivers say that if they timed it right, they could jump out. I think we saw Denny Hamlin do it at the end yeah. of the race. He but then jumped. he got too far out. Then he got too far out, well, yeah. which is you know, which happens. It happens. But we we do this bump drafting thing. They run over each other. I put a lot of responsibility on these drivers because these are the top. 40 stock car drivers in the land. Not everybody gets to do this. And that's also why you can't take all the danger out of it. I want them all to be safe. I want them to make every single event all season long. However, if you want the riches and you want the glory that goes along with winning a Daytona 500 and now taking home a Bill France trophy at the end of the season, you have to risk the Bill France cup. Oh, the Bill France cup. <laughs> you need to risk everything to get it. There's only 40 of you doing this on Sunday. This is not for everybody. And I'm not saying Ryan Newman coming forward Whatever Ryan Newman needs to do, Ryan Newman can do. And what I mean is for his career, his recovery, and all that. There's no, there is no commentary on something like that. And as race fans, 
I, and, and well, as race fans, I hope we all support him. And I know this particular race fan will support whatever decision has to be made. But racing is dangerous. He's been a vocal. Uh, I mean, he already has a bar named after him. Does he? It's got the Newman bar. I'm not car. familiar with this. The Newman bar goes from the like the halo area down into the chassis to make sure that the I, roof doesn't collapse. Yes. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like Ryan Newman is a pretty extraordinary guy, mechanical engineering at Purdue. Heard something pretty interesting today on Sirius XM that winning crew chief Chris Gabehart was a classmate of his at Purdue. Oh, wow. Who is also now two for two as a crew chief in Daytona 500s. That kind of is going to put to bed some of our Daytona talk and... I'm just going to go out here and uh, Denny Hamlin putting himself Hall of Fame talk now, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, championship or not, Hall of Famer, I mean, three to 500 wins. Yeah, I, I think so. And he's also positioning himself for a favorite in the running in the NASCAR playoffs this year. Oh, definitely. I mean, we keep saying how Joe Gibbs is the most dominant team right now. And I mean, I could see him making a run for the Bill France Cup. All right, so let's look forward to this weekend uh, at Las Vegas for the Pennzoil 400. The Cup Series race is going to be on Sunday at 3.30 on Fox. We got the trucks on Friday at 9 p.m. on FS1. And the Arc Menard Series, uh, they're running on Thursday. There's no TV for that race, though. I think most of this stuff's going to be on TV, uh, just not this week. So, All right, so looking at fantasy... Uh, who are you thinking about this week? Kevin Harvick, uh, he's ranked uh, first on the list on Fantrax, salary of 11880 It goes into then again, like, where do they start? Because you get one whole point now for the positions gained. And we're going to have to see how that works out. I'll tell you what, I want to see how Fantrax does the scoring once one of these guys misses inspection, qualifying, or something like that, right. and ends up in the back. Because for fantasy purposes, qualifying position versus starting position well, matters. I think I'd had Kyle Busch in the 500, and he started in the back. So I'd, I'd have to go back and see what those points accumulated to. Right. Well, I'm looking at enemy drivers winning team from Daytona. And he scored 77 fantasy points for Denny Hamlin. And I kind of like the way the scoring worked out because that's about as good as you could do. He gained 20 points for his position gain because he started in back uh, or midfield, rather. So I, I kind of like the way that the, the scoring is all worked out. And he was he's going at 12,000 right now. So and and I used him. Well, see, you can get away with using some more high-priced guys at the super speedways, yeah. Because you can maybe gamble. I I took Ryan Priest. I I thought he was going to do well. Enemy driver. He had Ricky Stenhouse, who I guess in the thirty-seven car he had, they had him at a bit of a bargain. Also, right now we're scoring overall. You'll get five points for the win. You can get like we said last week. You can get one point for the top five, one point in the top ten, three for the win because you get a total of five bonus points. Denny Hamlin got the most laps left. Led was another bonus point. Another point for at least one lap led. That's a throwback to the old schools. Winston Cup scoring. Yeah. Just kind of couldn't take it out of there. And then 
the top five, top ten in position games get a little bonus. So, I mean, that's kind of the things that you want to look at when you're trying to build a fantasy team. You got to gamble where they're starting and who you're going to take. Uh, and so, speaking of who you're going to take, Dan, mm-hmm. uh, who are you going to take next week? And if you ain't last, <laughs> you're last. I'm thinking this week I'm going to go with the 34. Ooh, okay. Not taking anything away from Michael McDowell, but that's a relatively high-ranked pick. You used a 0-0 last week, and now you want to use... The 34. That's just, You're going out of the gate pretty strong. I mean... I mean, so did you. You took Truex last week. Well, no, well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he stinks at the super speedways, so I guess it was a good pick. And and, and it was. He did. End he up almost getting... won a couple of years ago, and Denny Hamlin beat him out. He did almost win a couple of years ago. I was worried about that. I was because he's a strong, fast Gibbs car. and But I was playing for the big one and thinking that he might get caught up in somebody else's mess because it's happened before. I'm going to go since you're. Well, let's go. Let's go. I got an idea. Okay, Dan. All right, Dan. Okay, Dan. Let's go with a front row motorsports head-to-head match. You're going to take Michael McDowell in the 34. I'll take John Hunter Nemechek in the 38. All right. That sounds good. And then we'll see who the Debris in Turn 3 listeners will take. You can go to the poll on our Instagram or we'll share links to that. And we'll see who you guys decide to take. And if you win... You could buy us a beer next time we hang out. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end the show. Uh, Speed Weeks has officially come to a close with the Whoa. conclusion of the Daytona 500, uh, but it's finally racing season. However, we have to wait a little bit longer up here in the Northeast for the local series to start. The next big race in these parts is the Icebreaker at Thompson Speedway, April 3rd to 5th. You could have this race this weekend. It's very... It's unseasonably warm right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was dying on the subway over the way here. <laughs> Carhartt, scarf, sweating. You got to check that weather app before you leave. You got to know before you go. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back uh, for a new episode in three a weeks. Few, yeah, we're going to... After the West Coast swing. Yeah, we're going to... We have... Check social media for the Dupree and Turn 3 Sketty. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're still going to follow the races. We're just not going to be podcasting until the end of the West Coast swing. I had a lot of fun tonight, Dan, covering this, the show. Yeah, this was fun. And we, I don't want to forget, tell everybody that we still, right now, have a giveaway going on. Stop by social media. We'll reshare some things again. And Go get to our chance. Instagram. We got uh, a giveaway going on in there for a pretty sweet Daytona hat. Looking at it right now. It is. It's sitting up there. I like it. You know, I bought I, I bought it for my myself a couple of years ago, and it's actually kind of cool because I haven't seen it online. Like you can't even get it right now, but it's a pretty cool one. Uh, so yes, go by the uh, the Instagram page, like, follow, tag a friend to get in the running. And what did we say? I think we're gonna announce the winner next weekend for the race. Yep, and we'll do all that stuff online. So find us Twitter, social, Instagram. Yep, rate what, and review this podcast. What's social, by the way? Socials, it's just like socials. I just threw that in the middle of all of them. Like yeah. Twitter, Facebook, the socials. <laughs> all right, we'll see you after. It's uh, getting silly now. Yeah, we'll see you after the West Coast swing. <laughs>